computer. Did you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. You probably <laughs> did. Okay. Yeah. Away you go. <laughs> Hello, I have the beautiful Michelle Medhat with me. Hiya, Mish. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you, my darling. Hi. Um, I'm Michelle Medhat, known as Mish. Um, I write very fast-moving espionage sci-fi thrillers with a touch of supernatural. Uh, they are known as the Trusted Thriller series. That's a book one, part one. Yes, it is part one. So don't think you're going to get a fate to complete ending here because you won't. You don't get that until part five, which is known more happily as The Sum, which is a book five. There we go. So that's where I am. If you want to know more about me, I'm on Amazon. And my website is forever hyphen connected.com thank you and great to be here fantastic my darling donor <laughs> my darling <Mish. laughs> i'll try not to open my mouth because as uh, my husband sam says all i do is catch flies so there you go i'm, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut until you ask a question it's nothing like the brutal honesty of a long-term partner, is there? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Bless. Well, Embellished he's, with the heart. <laughs> he's tied in, you know, for good and for bad now, you know, for better or worse and all that. So tough. Absolutely. <laughs> for worse and for worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he loves you, really. Oh, he does. He better do. Otherwise, I'll come sort him out. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I do. I do torture him in a very, very gentle way. I read in my books. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thanks, Donna, for having me here. Love. You're very welcome. So I will skip to some of more my my more fun questions. Mm -hmm. um, so my first question is: If you were to take out a character from any of your books. Who would you choose and what would you ask them? Sabina. Sabina San Antonio. Dr. Sabina San Antonio. Um, I would take her out very guardedly with a, a decent amount of firepower at my command as well, um, because she is a very, very lethal individual. Um, but what I would ask her is why? she went down such an evil route she did because she was so brilliant, so clever, so beautiful, so talented. She could have done anything she wanted. Why on earth did she become a super terrorist? Fair question. <laughs> um, if you were to plant yourself as a character in any of your books, which book would you choose? <laughs> oh my god um which character say that'd be easy questions <laughs> which character would i choose or which which book, book would you choose yeah okay i have to say the sum okay i have to say the sum because the sum to be quite honest it's and I'm probably going to have a problem because if I talk too much about it, it is part five, book five. So it kind of like is going to let people know what's happening. But 
it is one of these kind of like mind-blowing cataclysmic type um books that you think you know what's happening and everything changes and I would just love to ride that roller coaster I really really would I think it would be totally fascinating fly on the wall uh, with Sam and Ellie and Ashton and Aswada and Eviod and all of them yeah so that's exactly what I would do I would love to be parachuted into the sum and ride it as a fly on the wall kind of thing see everything emerge <laughs> beneath me <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome <laughs> um if you were to fictionally murder someone how would you do it fictionally yeah but you not like you writing a character but you personally how would you kill someone digitalis <laughs> old-fashioned way yeah works yeah the other, I mean, the other way, you probably think that everything's all around technology with me and uh, I would definitely use something like infrasound, basically. Um, in one of my books, I use something called the Suminous Infrasound Gun. Uh, that is pretty cool. Um, it essentially shatters you uh, from your molecular structure upwards. Yeah. Um, it's rather disgusting because it creates such a vibration in your body, your eyeballs explode. Yeah, so that's that, definitely the more dramatic of the two. That would be cool. But digitalis would be, because they always say poisoning is a very much a female kind of like ladies style of murder. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think that would be that would be my kind of thing. I would use that. Um, a quick slip into um, a person's um, drink or if uh, if I had uh, um, time to drug them first of all um, and then uh, inject them underneath their big toe whilst they were asleep. <laughs> yeah, that's the way. Very, very unlikely to be called. <laughs> I know that in an autopsy, it would be very, very difficult to find that. Sorry, I sh shouldn't probably be saying this. I love asking this question because everyone answers it. And then afterwards, they're like, actually. Is this Not that I'm ever going to be doing anything like that, of course. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> No, this is why I'd say fictionally, it's fine. Yeah, I'm pleased you said that. I'm pleased you paraphrased it with that. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then if, if I you mean, proceed it. Sorry, my brain is somewhere else. Proceed it with that, not paraphrase. God. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's fine. It's a good job I'm not an author, in it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, if you were fictionally murdered, who would you like to solve your case? Oh, God, if I was fictionally murdered. Hmm. <laughs> OK, um, I think it has to be Ryan. I think it has to be Ryan from the, um, is it LJ Ross series? So, yeah, yeah. Maxwell <laughs> Finley Ryan. Definitely. I think he... That's the first time that one's come off, actually. Oh, OK, well, there you go. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely the um, kind of chappy I would like to have on my case. <laughs> and I'd say that absolutely without a, a shadow of anything. <laughs> mm, yeah, I believe you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Failing <laughs> that, Sam North. Of course. I love how everyone doesn't think of their own detectives. It, it really amuses me. Well, I guess Sam's not a detective. He's an MI6 yeah. agent, but he has to investigate, obviously. He has to work out and analyse and things like that. But um, detective work isn't exactly what he does. So that's why I didn't go immediately, yeah, Dr. Sam, no. Uh, it has to be Maxwell Finley Ryan. And if you can, without spoilers, what was your most fun scene to write and what was your most difficult? Oh, oh, what was my most fun? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I think <laughs> it has to be a scene in The Sum where as you're reading The Sum, you kind of like know or hope that Ashton is going to get it together with Ellie. Um, and eventually when he does, it is a brill scene, really is a brill scene. Um, it's shocking. It's dark erotica. It really is shocking. <laughs> but God, was it fun to write. <laughs> You know, this 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 mad kind of banshee-like person with the British Prime Minister. It was just it was just really, really funny. Really, really funny. So that one was fun to write. Uh, because I'm just one sick bitch. I can't help it. Sorry. Um, the other one that was really hard to write was the dominant. The dominant is really hard. Um, the end scenes uh, with the torture, um, that was phenomenally hard. Not so bad with Sam, but the other character, which um, I can say Sam because he's MI6 and you know he's going to be, you know, but the other character was much, much harder. And I don't want to give too many games away. Um, but that was that had me almost like crying um, because of the real feeling that that was it. You know, um, that was it. They were going to be stuck there and there wasn't any hope. There wasn't any rescue. That was it. You know, that was going to be their lives. And it was a wonderful moment when they say, you know, see you on the other side, darling. God, you know, actually that's in the resonance, to be quite honest with you. But it's because the way the books run, you've got the dominant and you've got the torture elements right at the end of the dominant. And then you've got the resonance, which literally runs straight into the very next scene. So um, you essentially continue on the story. Um, and it's... It, it's really, really difficult. That whole kind of like transition and the character knows or thinks that there's a, 
a certain terrible thing that's going to happen to her. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I think I'm just throwing the whole thing out. But anyway, um, they they are aware uh, because of what they're hearing, what's going to happen to them. And it is very, very painful indeed. It is very, very painful indeed. It's It's not an easy thing to read. And a lot of people that actually have read it have said, you know, this is this is not an easy thing to read. And some people have actually said, I I just can't read it anymore, you know, because I just don't want to see that kind of thing in my mind. Um, I mean, I don't think it's that bad, actually, but perhaps that's just me. Um, yeah, that might say more about you. <laughs> say no more. Yeah, I couldn't possibly comment on <laughs> Um, oh, when you're yes, uh, but when you're editing, what's your most overused word or phrase? When I'm editing, when I'm editing, uh, well, I don't actually edit per se. I I I send my stuff off to uh, a line editor. Uh, well, first a developmental editor, and then a line editor, um, and then finally a proofreader. So, um, but when I'm doing my own sort of like final checks, really before all that stage, um, I think it's words like actually. I don't know why, but actually seems to pop up a lot. Actually and then, not actually and then, but actually as one word and and then is another one. <laughs> <laughs> and starting a sentence with but I do I do uh, get a bit annoyed about that as well so yeah yeah and also the other dad spoke to started their sentences with so <laughs> so I, I I just can't I I I just it's okay when you're reading a political book or when you're reading um a paper or you know um a technical paper or a political paper or a social sciences yeah. paper yeah. when somebody's making an argument but I just can't read it in a fictional book it just throws me off I don't know that, yeah. that's really just me um, have right. you had any um weird or funny feedback have I had any weird or funny feedback um yeah, I've had weird feedback. I mean, really strange feedback. Um, whereby, I mean, I guess a lot of people, when they are doing those reviews, for example, um, the majority love what I write, which is love, which is really lovely. Fingers crossed. It continues. Um, now it's going to be a complete trolling. <laughs> Anyway, um, I've had a couple of people that have said some very odd things like, oh, it was so, um, there's, there's not an ounce of happiness in it. There is, n there is uh, no happy people in it. Everybody is dying. Death, 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 murder, death, death. Um, and um, and I'm quite I'm not quite sure what they expect from a very fast moving ultraviolet espionage sci fi thriller if they didn't expect death, death, murder, torture, death, rape, whatever. Um, so 
hey ho. Um, the other the other thing that was said to me quite recently was I couldn't put it down. And I thought at first, oh, I couldn't put it down because they were morbid fascination. <laughs> My God, somebody actually wrote that. And then and another one, which was really, really fascinating, which I, I absolutely howled at. This was another one starer. I didn't. I bought the book thinking that it was a spy thriller. It was, but I didn't know the USA president was controlled by aliens. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> so there you go. Those are the kind of things that I, I mean, because I tend to write slightly weird stuff. I mean, it is quite weird stuff that I write. Okay. Um, it is fast moving. It is very, very different. Very, very original. Um, some people tend to kind of like come through with some very, very strange comments. So I kind of like caught it in a way because of my storytelling. Yeah. somebody else ah there was a there was a, a a guy who was absolutely fascinated with everything that um, I wrote, and he totally loved it and he ended up saying that my work was a masterpiece or frankenstein's monster or a brand new flower at kew garden flower show or chelsea flower show or something but I can't, I can't think what. <laughs> I don't know, okay, that's, that's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think 007 on acid with aliens is still the coolest quote ever. I think, and it's probably the most accurate quote ever, ever, ever. Creating new words now, Mish. Um, so, yeah. As I say, I do court a bit of uh, weirdness from commentary because I'm writing weirdness. That's cool. <laughs> and you admire us, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I, I do get a lot of people saying to me, oh, you really helped us with lockdown or you really, really helped me get through a long plane journey. I read everything. I couldn't let go. Um, somebody else said, uh, which was a really fascinating thing as well. Um, I thought that the trusted was really twisted. Um, but then we have the dominant. So who went into Michelle's brain and turned out all the lights and made it dark? I thought, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I do have my share of weirdos. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so there we go. Well, you did ask. <laughs> oh, God. Um, if you're able to spend a day with any author, dead or alive, who would you like to spend a day with? Oh, that's an interesting one. Okay. Let's have a thing. I think it has to be Ian Fleming. It has to be Ian Fleming. I would really, really love to spend a day uh, with Ian Fleming. Just talking, chatting, finding out um, his own uh, personal take on things. Um, wander around Goldeneye, his um 
wonderful uh, mansion. I think it's in Barbados. I think it was Barbados or is it the Bahamas? I think it's the Bahamas. Um, uh, now you're going to get commentary now about where the hell <laughs> Golden Eye is. <laughs> either or that sounds yeah absolutely. <laughs> but, but that's definitely who I would spend time with definitely um if you're able to travel to any period of time either forwards or backwards where would you like to go interesting okay uh forwards or backwards I mean obviously forwards where I take over the world um and <laughs> You've already taken over the world. <laughs> I wish. I wish. No, you've got no, that backwards, 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 Shakespeare. I know that's a bit sort of like, you know, probably what everybody says, but I actually would like to meet the guy, especially with the fact that I read a few kind of like very interesting books. I can't remember the, the um, I can't exactly remember the titles. It was quite a while ago that, that there was various arguments that actually suggested that Shakespeare was actually a woman. Um, really? Yeah. And I'd just like to go back in time and really ascertain whether that was true or not, you know? Yeah. There's actually only a couple of people who said Shakespeare. Most people seem to want to go back to the 1920s, 1930s. Agatha Christie. Yeah. And Probably. just actually genuinely dresses, especially women. Oh. Clothes, all about the clothes. Shows that what there's just women, isn't it? <laughs> we want to wear the dresses. I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. I guess um I guess yeah, the flapper dresses and all the Charleston dresses and all that kind of you can buy those though. You can buy those. Yes, but it's not the same as being in the era, is it? No, I suppose. no, uh, I suppose not. No. Although technically we are in the twenties now, but you know, <laughs> so far we're just going to write the twenties off as a disaster and never yes, speak I of them again. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, the nineteen twenties. No, they they were a fantastic time if you had money. I would just put a caveat on this. The 1920s were an amazing time when you had money. Uh, it was a crap time if you didn't have money. Um, so we would only be really happy in the 1920s if we had money, because then we could go to amazing places and, you know, uh, um, have amazing experiences and meet the lights of Agatha Christie, as I said, and Noel Coward and all these kind of wonderful names from the annals of history. Yeah, and do the Charleston and our flat dresses with our full hair and our little headbands and stuff. I love the Charleston. I love the Charleston too, but I can't do it with my arthritic knee now, which is very annoying. (laughs) Yeah, I don't feel I can twist like that. (laughs) Twist? It's not the fit. No, no, that's not the fifties. That's the. I want to do something. So the sixties, twisting. It's about that time, isn't it? I think. Yeah, maybe sixties. Yeah, just trying to think. I don't know, I wasn't yeah. around then. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Although sometimes I feel like I have been. <laughs> anyway. Oh. <laughs> uh, what about the twist? 60s. 60s, okay. Yeah. So, so you had to ask a friend then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah someone that was around during that time <laughs> you didn't need to use your phone call <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And the Charleston was the 30s, I'm reliably oh. informed. Okay. Well, there you yes. go. There we the go. 20s. Oh, it's the 20s. 30s? Yeah. Okay, fine. Well, yeah. anyway, whatever era it was, you needed a potload of money, basically. Yes. <laughs> Man, you're not much has changed now, really, has it? You still have a nicer life if you've got money. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. That's very true. Yeah. But not <laughs> quite as obvious, actually. Not quite as obvious as it no. was in the <laughs> 20s and 30s. But. Um, who was your first celebrity crush? Andy hmm? Williams. Who? Andy Williams. And <laughs> he was an old boy. Well, he's, he wasn't an old boy then, but, you know, I was a, a little kid and I used to sit down in front of the telly um, wasn't exactly a crush. It was just I really liked him. I was there and was, I don't know four or five, whatever. And um, he would be singing. And uh, I think he used to have his his Saturday show on or something like that on telly. Yeah, so Andy Williams. Andy, mm-hmm. I think it was the Andy Williams Saturday show or picture show or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, it was four or five. I think I was. Yeah. yeah, Google it. Google it. Yeah, you can see how bloody old I am. <laughs> I actually know who he is, and I like his songs. So, oh, I think he's lovely. He's lovely. My late dad used to sing like him. Oh, he, nice. he used to sing. Um, what was it? Uh, something about ribbons. Uh, something ribbons. Da, da, da. I don't know where how it goes. I think it was blue, blue, blue ribbons, satin ribbons, silk ribbons, something ribbons. I don't know. But anyway, he used to sing ribbons, and so did Andy Williams. Put <laughs> it in my head now, actually. But I can't. I can't quite remember the beginning, so it's kind of like oh, no, ribbons to oh, or something. I know what you're going to try and sing it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try and find it on here now. <laughs> oh no, it's pretty paper. It's pretty um, paper. Pretty paper. Pretty ribbons of blue. Something presents for your darling, for you. Pretty paper to write, I love you. Pretty something, pretty ribbons of blue. Something like that. That's beautiful. <laughs> I feel like I should have told you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a lovely, lovely little song, but he 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 was always singing some beautiful songs. He's done a Christmas album that is really lovely, actually. So I don't know whether he's alive or dead now, but he's, he he was my first crush. Yeah. <laughs> God, what a tangent. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um. And this will be an interesting one. What's the funniest or weirdest place you've ever woken up? <laughs> I don't think I can answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> weirdest, weirdest place I've ever... Uh, 
I'm just trying to see whether I can say anything. I don't think I can. And, uh, I love this question because you can see everyone filing, like, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, <laughs> just trying to put it into a particular way that isn't going to be too damning on me. <laughs> um, right. Okay. Um, Where's the weirdest place I've ever woken up? Well, uh, I can flip that a bit. I can say where's the weirdest place I've ever slept. Okay. Um, and that was in a hotel in Somerset that was mega haunted. Mega haunted. And there was like a some kind of battle of dark and light going on all night. Where... And I'm not joking either. Um, it was literally, um, there was like a light in the wall that kept coming on and off. And I thought at first it was just an ordinary night light. And then I realized when I got up to inspect it that it was a flat wall. And there was just this light that kept sort of coming up and then moving up a bit and then going down. And then the whole room went like black. Um, and then there was just this dark light and I could really feel a sense of something. And what I basically did is I just put the pillow over my head because I had a very early start in the morning. I had a lot of business meetings. Uh, Sam slept all the way through it. I didn't wake him up because he also had a, a lot of work to do that, that uh, morning. So we needed to have our rest. I put the pillow over my head. I said a quick pray. Uh, I said, God, please protect me. And that was it. I just held on to, you know, um, and just went to sleep. I was terrified, but I slept. And I, to this very day, I think there was some kind of force, forces in that room. I don't know what they were. I think the white light was my guardian angel. And I think there was a very dark force that was uh, either the essence of a ghost or, or something, I don't know, but there was something going on in that room and I totally felt it. And that was probably the strangest place I've ever, I've ever woken up in. Everything was just completely different in the morning. The sun was out. It was a, it, it, it was a beautiful hotel. It was old, very, very old. It was about 15th century, 16th century. Yeah, something like that. It was very, very old. But uh, yeah, that's essentially the weirdest place yeah. I've ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, are you working on anything at the moment and what's coming next for you? Yeah, I am. Um, some people might know that I did Oyster Catcher, Operation Oyster Catcher for Dead Silent, which was the box set. It was a limited edition. Um, and we essentially had to hit target for various things. We only had it on for a limited period of time. Um, and it was only a structured certain number of words. It was about 35,000 words, something like that. Um, it was very, very fast moving. Um, one of these earlier operations with um, MI6's Sam Noor and Kinley, um, and uh, the Almadir lot, Salem and Sabina. But I've decided um, that I needed to reboot it because a lot of people said to me, you know, 
there's not enough there. Um, and I knew it wasn't enough there. I mean, it was a it was a short story that was going into a larger box set of other stories as well, just to give a flavour of the kind of things that we offer. And it really, really hit charts very, very well, which is fantastic. Um, so I'm working on that. And that is almost complete. Now, I did say that I'd finished it, but just uh, just last night I wrote another chapter. <laughs> I had a moment of inspiration and I decided I was going to write another chapter. Um, so I have written another chapter, almost finished it, um, and that should be coming out relatively soon. I would think somewhere, probably get it on... Um, pre-order probably around March time I would think um, by the time it comes back from all the editing work and everything else but yeah so that's that's going to be filled to the brim with uh, espionage uh, double agents technologies um, sex and violence basically awesome. perfect <laughs> Well, I don't have any more questions for you, lovely. Oh, darling, thank you. <laughs> well, I hope that you continue to enjoy the books as well. I know you're just about to start the resonance, aren't you? Indeed, yes. Sorry, that needs a plug. The resonance. Sorry, I don't know why on earth I'm doing a Mr Bean style videoing <laughs> right um so there we go that's the resonance that's actually book three that is amazing you will enjoy that okay you will really enjoy and do you want to hold up book four so I think that's the only one that you haven't showcased yet if you Which have one? into hand book four the refracted yeah the refracted <laughs> I haven't showcased that have I no, this you one. may as well. I mean, you've done the rest of them, so absolutely. <laughs> in for a penny, in for a pound, my darling, as my <laughs> grandmother used to say. Right. There we go. All right. The refracted, a book four. That's um that's a very interesting one. Lots of um political shenanigans going on there. Uh big, massive global movements, um, lots of uh Lots of um, shenanigans with respect to uh, large oil producing countries um, and the fact that the UK is taking a, um, a leadership position on the energy markets. And there is a big thing there also about uh, religious unification. So there's some massive, massive themes mm -hmm. that are all brought together within an espionage kind of environment, uh, a bit of supernatural, um, the usual kind of very, very fast moving stuff, the stuff that makes your jaw drop, literally. Um, so, yeah. That's all in book four. So enjoy when you get a chance. I will. When you get a chance. Thank <laughs> yeah. you ever so much indeed for inviting me, Donna. And good Thank luck you with for everything. Joining. Good luck with the podcast. They are massive. They are brilliant. Love them. Love them. Love them. Wonderful. And uh, good luck with your writing as well. Thank you. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> Read the art to that. Excellent. All right, my darling. You take care thank of yourself. You, you and thank you ever so much indeed for inviting me. You're welcome. All right, my dear. You take care now. Bye.
You too. <laughs> Bye. Bye.